Uh, I am very pleased today to be able to introduce Dr. Simeon Zoll, uh, a junior research fellow at St. John's College in Oxford, England. Uh, John and his, uh, I'm sorry, John. Mm. Uh, Simeon and his wife Bonnie are there in England, and uh, Bonnie is, uh, gosh, we're grateful to her. She's back in England with Thomas and Jane, uh, your two children, and uh, allowing you to come and share the gospel with us today, so we're grateful to her. And she's finishing up her Ph.D., uh, and Simeon is a graduate of such institutions as the Altamont School, and then finally was able to get out of the rough neighborhood of Redmond Park and go on to Harvard, and finally to Cambridge, and now teaching at Oxford. And Simeon, we're thrilled uh, to have you here today. Dr. Zoll will preach to us after we stand and sing hymn 561, verses 1 and 4. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always pleasing in your sight, O God. Amen. What a joy it is to be back here at the Advent in the church where I grew up. I'm very grateful once again to Dean Limehouse, to Gil and Andrew, and everyone else involved for the invitation to come and preach in this Lenten series. The first time I ever entered the Advent buildings was for a Lenten service and lunch during a school holiday from Oxford, England, where we were living in the spring of 1995. It's a curious coincidence that I'm here again 18 years later, once more after a long journey from Oxford, a place which has, once again, become home. The last time I was at the Advent was for the going-away celebrations for my father, the then Dean, in the summer of 2004. A few weeks later, I left the States to begin what I thought would be a short post-grad degree in England. The degree, and thus the time away from home, was meant to last nine months. Instead, it has now lasted for going on nine years. Without ever intending to, I have become an expat, an American living abroad. Not to be too dramatic about it, but I've become a kind of exile from my home. And exile is my theme today. My entire married life, nearly eight years now, has been spent abroad. Both of my children were born abroad and have spent their entire lives growing up there, outside of the U.S. I've missed too many weddings and too many reunions. I've spent too little time with brothers, sisters, nieces, and nephews. I've been with my family on only one of the last nine Thanksgivings. Sometimes God has plans for your life that are not what you ever would have anticipated. If you had told me in Clingman Commons, remember there were those giant portrait pictures of my parents everywhere in the summer of 2004, that I would spend at least the next decade of my life living abroad, away from friends and family, I would have been very surprised indeed. That was not the plan. That was never how I expected or particularly wanted things to be. There's a word in the Bible for this kind of divine plan. The kind that blindsides you and takes you away from what you expected and from what is comfortable. That word is exile. In the Old Testament, God's people spend a great deal of time away from their homeland, in exile, 
first in Egypt from Joseph's day to the time of Moses, and then in Babylon for much of the 6th century B.C. Now, there are aspects to those, I don't want to over-dramatize here, there are aspects to those experiences of biblical exile that do not exactly map on to my life or onto the sorts of things that you and I are likely to experience. My exile abroad is not forced, and it continues due to wonderful opportunities that have arisen, not because I don't have a home or homeland or loved ones to return to, or because any, or indeed because anyone is forcing me to do anything. Still, there's something to the analogy. Indeed, the deeper truth the Bible tells us in the epistle to the Hebrews is that we are all strangers and exiles on this earth. Here's the full passage from Hebrews chapter 11, speaking of the saints of God over the generations. They confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. What form does your exile take? Perhaps it takes a very obvious form, like with me. Perhaps you're just not originally from Birmingham, but came here for work, for school, for love. And there's some other place out there where you really belong, where people know you best, where you have family and childhood friends and memories. In other words, perhaps Birmingham is your place of exile. At dear old Altamont, my high school up on the hill, I'm certain that was true for the families of something like half of my graduating class, if not more, that the parents originally moved here from elsewhere. Perhaps it's still that way. You know you're in exile when the customs of a place are foreign and strange to you. When you don't quite feel relaxed or comfortable the way you would back home. Indeed, one of the most unsettling things of all for someone like me has been watching myself slowly get comfortable abroad more so than I ever thought I could. To realize that London's horrible Heathrow Airport has started to feel less strange to me than the Birmingham Airport, where a few days ago I had some very strange flashbacks indeed about flying back to college between breaks. It hasn't changed at all, by the way. <clears throat> but say none of that is true for you. Say that where you live now is in fact the truest and deepest home you have. That this is the place where you are most known, most loved, where your identity lies, where your memories are. Perhaps you're one of those fortunate parents whose young kids get to see their grandparents on a weekly basis. If so, I am jealous. Perhaps you grew up at the Advent and now attend as an adult. Perhaps you had some years away in New York or Charlottesville or Boston or Tennessee or wherever it might have been. And now you're back and settling down again, sliding into grooves that feel both natural and good, like Lenten lunches. Surely in such a situation, the statement in Hebrews that we are all strangers and exiles on the earth is a bit of a stretch. But of course it isn't. Exile and being a stranger really are the deeper truth of our situation. 
And even the most settled and at-home person among us will inevitably experience unsettling glimpses of this in their life. What do I mean by this? Well, in part, I mean the form exile might take is the job you were given rather than the job that you wanted. Exile can be when you stay put, but your dearest friends or family leave you. It's watching your children scatter to New York or Charlottesville or Oxford, England. Exile can be any form of alienation from old friends or from your family or anyone else you care about. Exile is being the one left behind when a loved one dies. Exile is being the more culpable party in the divorce. Exile is returning home at last after a sojourn away and realizing it has changed irrevocably, that you don't quite belong anymore the way that you used to. Or there are the more subtle sort of tremors and glimpses of the transient and exilic character of human lives. The moments when the world sort of tilts a little to kind of flash, you're viscerally reminded for a minute that you'll die one day and that the past is unrecoverable. Do you remember that slightly cheesy song, um, The Boys of Summer by Don Henley? That song always kills me. The emotion in it goes beyond just mere nostalgia to the sort of raw pain that often lurks underneath nostalgia. That moment in the final verse where the singer sees his ex's car out of the corner of his eye in traffic, he tells himself, don't look back, you can never look back. There's something about the irretrievability of the past, even as it retains such a powerful emotional grip on us, that is a kind of exile. We're sort of in exile from our past, from our youth. I dare you to spend a day at your old college campus and not at some point be reminded that you are a stranger and exile on the earth. I'll tell you, it has been much more intense than I expected being back here these few days. I landed on Friday, back in Birmingham. It's been absolutely wonderful, more so than I had even hoped, but also very intense. All these old emotions and connections with people that have laid dormant for so long suddenly sort of wrenched back into existence. Every road I drive down here has something of the uncanny to it for me. Flashbacks, memories, deep emotional associations. It's partly because Birmingham is where I was a teenager. And life as a teenager is raw and heavy and real and stays with you all your life, whether you like it or not. But it's also because there was something almost emotionally violent, I mean, it's a strong word, but about my own exile. It didn't feel that way at the time, but the wrench of relationships abruptly, almost arbitrarily put on hold due to external circumstances, and in some cases for good. And around every corner here in beloved Birmingham, there seems to be some part of myself that I still feel deeply and had half forgotten. I imagine this must be a little bit of what the Israelites must have felt when they returned at last to Jerusalem from Babylon to rebuild, as we hear about in Nehemiah. And they found a ruined city full of the ghosts of their people's past, of their own past. It must have felt haunted and have gone past mere nostalgia to that pain underneath. 
the pain of the truth that we are all exiles and strangers in the world. So I'll say it again. The truth is that you are every bit as much an exile on this earth as me, even if Birmingham is your life's home. Homes change. People change. Even families change drastically as the generations cycle through. And one day you will die, and there will be things that feel heartbreakingly incomplete. Perhaps a little like the strange tearing I've been aware of back here these few days. There will be a little bit of a violence to it, a lack of resolution. This is why we all seek a better country, as Hebrews says. A homeland prepared for us by God. But in the meantime... During this time of pilgrimage and exile that we're all living out, there is something else we can say as well. There's a further truth that is a little less melancholy. And this is that God is always the author of our exile. The place that is uncomfortable, the fact about your current situation that you are fighting and resisting, the painful fact that youth is over and you can't go back, you can never look back, That place is the place the God who created you has sent you and the place where God is with you, just as he is with me in Oxford. There's an amazing passage in Jeremiah, I'm sure you know, a sort of letter from God sent to the Israelites during their 50-year exile in Babylon. So here it is, Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. These verses were deeply sustaining to Bonnie and me in the harder years of our exile in England, years two and three and four and five. At one point, we even planted grass and lettuce in our garden to fulfill the part about planting gardens and eating their produce. We have even dutifully had children abroad. We have multiplied and not decreased. Bonnie and I have found peace in our exile. And it has come through seeing that God is its author. The way forward is to seek the welfare of this city where we have been sent. Not to look back on what we have lost. Her in her home in Hong Kong. Me in Birmingham. The place of God's work in your life today you stranger, you exile, you pilgrim, is the difficult place he has sent you now, the disruptive and uncomfortable situation he has put you in at this moment. Imagine being an Israelite in Babylon and God telling you to stop thinking so much about Jerusalem, to treat Babylon as home, because your exile will last for generations. As you embrace your exile, you will find life in new and unexpected ways. Trust me. And in the meantime, when you have one of those tremors, one of those flashes about the past, 
and your heart breaks about it. Remember that that too is right and good because there is also a better country, a city which has been prepared. Amen. May God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you this day and forevermore.